Good morning, Village. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Uh, on the back of your bulletin, if you scan the QR code, um, it allows you to connect to all our online information, and you can see what's going on at our church in the back there. Uh, it'll take you to our social media platforms so you can get connected there. So if you're a first-time guest, please check that out. Um, at the Village Church, we believe the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. There's a couple different ways you can give. Uh, you can mail a check to our address. That's 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Um, you can also give online if you just go to the website, enterthevillage.net. Um, you, can, you can give there, and there's also a little box in the back where you can put envelopes. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, so please check it out in your uh, bulletin. Um, but we are also looking for more volunteers for the Trunk or Treat that's coming up later this month. Um, so we need volunteers to um, come 
decorate your trunk. You can bring your car, bring candy and stuff. Uh, but we also need people to help set up, tear down, things like that. Uh, there will be a volunteer meeting on Zoom Thursday the 19th at 7 p.m. So if you're interested, uh, we can get you signed up for that. Um, so take a look at the bulletin. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, thank you. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. If you would, please stand with me as we sing this song. We're going to sing this as a prayer to the Lord. He is here with us because he dwells in us, but we want him to work on our hearts today and move in this place. Move in this place today. This is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord, and I won't be the same. Move in this place today.
worship this morning is from Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7. Please join with me where it notes people. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. To the Lord our God and King is love and joy forever. For he is good, he is above things. His love and forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Hey, the song is forever. By the grace of God, we will carry on. Strong. 
God is faithful. He is strong. And I love to think about the fact that he will never leave or forsake me, that he is always with me, no matter what is going on in the good and the bad. He is always faithful. He is always strong. He is always with us, and we can count on him to be with us, to be faithful, no matter what is happening. So sing this with me. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us. Forever and ever. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints. That ain't everybody. Praise the Lord, saints. I, I heard the kids. Thank you. That's what I needed. Good morning. Now's the time that we take time to focus on our Lord in a prayer of praise. Let us go before the Lord. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures endures forever. Lord, it's important for us to remember who you are to us, how gracious you are, how kind you are, how faithful you are, how committed you are, so committed that you sent your son to die for our sins. Lord, you give us peace. You give us your peace that the world can't give us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for being so kind to forgive us of our sins, Lord. We have not done all that you've asked us to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the love that you give us, Lord, when we're not even deserving of it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your provision for us, Lord. Some people go hungry every day across the world, Lord, but that's not our situation, Lord. Some people have needs of shelter, 
That's not our situation, Lord. Lord, some people are in need of just health. They have physical ailments, Lord. And but Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you know all about us, even from the number of hairs on our head. Lord God, you have numbered just the dust of the earth. The word says you've held the hollows of the waters in your hand. We have a, either a big a God with a big hand, or we have just a big God, a great God. So we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we lack no good thing, Lord God, as long as we're in you. We thank you for the privilege of being called your children. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you put your word in our mouth and in our heart. You say we shall be your children and you shall be our God. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true and every man is a liar. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that I don't have to trust my feelings or my emotions, Lord. That they're not predicated on how you move and how you think and how you love. Because, Lord, I don't always, we don't always feel good, Lord. But we're thankful, Lord God, that you in preparation for our next need. You thought you think about us before we even think about ourselves, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you've always made you already made the way straight for us. We thank you, Lord God, for family. We thank you for your church. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come together and commune in peace and in love and holiness and righteousness, Lord, because we're in you. We thank you for each soul in this room, Lord God. I pray that you'll give them what they need this week, Lord God. And we can go say thank you already for that. We thank you, Lord God, for our kids, Lord. We pray that you will just put a hedge of protection as you did with Joseph, Lord God. The devil had to ask for permission to come to him, Lord God. So we thank you that, Lord, you're protecting us and you're keeping us, Lord, from the devourer. Lord, we thank you that we have boldness and we can be strong in you. We thank you, Lord, that we have hope in you and that we're not lost like sheep without a shepherd. We thank you we got a father in heaven who feels who has been dealt with every encounter that we have ever dealt with. We thank you, Lord God, for this morning's rising. We got to see the sun rise. I walked out my front door, and I smelled burning grass, and it smelled good for some strange reason. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for our son going to come and knock on my door boldly on a weekend and wake me up out of my sleep. And I think that was you, Lord, just telling me it's time to get up and get this day going. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the privilege of being your child, your children. And thank you for the word that has power, Lord God. When we don't feel our way, we have to we can rely upon it. Thank you for the man of God who's going to come forth, Lord God, and bring that word with power and with much conviction, Lord God. I pray that you'll give ears to hear it. And Lord, that you'll give us strength to be obedient to your word. And we can be thankful, Lord God, because we are better. I'm thankful, Lord God, when we fall into sin, Lord God, that you are there for us. Because you always want to offer us something better. I pray that for our children, when we think of them, when thinking about sin, know that they're trading off something great for something very minute. So I pray that you will search their hearts, that you will purify their hearts. Lord God, that they would honor you in their bodies, Lord God. That they would not walk in the sinful nature. I pray that you will protect our kids who are off at college. Grant them wisdom. Grant them protection. Grant them understanding. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that uh, if they go up and down the road, that you give them traveling grace and mercy. Lord, I pray if there's anyone who doesn't have a job, Lord, that you'll be their provision today. Lord God, that you will take care of them, Lord God, and give them whatever they're lacking. If there's someone any emotional distress, I pray that you will lift that burden today. Lord, your words say you weeped, you had sorrow for people who were lost without a shepherd, Lord God. So, Lord, I pray that you will reach them as they weep. And we're thankful, Lord God, that you sit high and you look low. 
and that you are faithful to the very, very end. I thank you for this church. I pray that you continue to grant the elders wisdom and understanding. I pray that you will be our God, Lord God, as we lead your, she- your sheep, Lord God. I pray that we would not take these roles that we have as for granted. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the, the leadership that you, are, that you are raising up. I'm thankful for that, Lord God, in many ways. Lord, you are good. You are faithful to us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the finances that you provided for this church. We're a very small church, Lord. But, Lord, you can do it because you're faithful to the very end. And it's the small things, Lord God. Thank you, God, that the snotty nose are going to be healed, Lord God. Thank you for the allergies that's moving on, Lord God. And thank you for the health and strength just to get up each morning and give you glory and to be able to raise our hand, Lord God. For you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and Omega. And we can put our hope in you. All these things we do thank you for. In your name we do pray. Amen. Now, we have a wonderful opportunity to confess our sins. And we're going to go through the uh, confession of sin that's come from Isaiah 44, chapter, Isaiah 44, verse 9a. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Let us focus on that for a moment. As always, our, our master is faithful. He always gives us a way of escape. As we read this assurance of pardon, Isaiah 44, verse 22. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Amen. Now we have the song of assurance. Man upon the cross, 
upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. Here dwells my sin that held in I'd like to thank you for that song. Um, Faith would ask you to stand for the reading of the word. Amen. The reading of the word would come from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is, the, who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 
This is the word of God. Enthroned in the Father's love, destined to die, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. He never sinned, but suffered as his.
morning, TBC Saints. If you are a guest today, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Uh, my name is Pastor Alex. I'm the senior pastor here at the Village Church. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. I'm glad that you are here. Some years ago, <clears throat> I used to be part of a Alabama church planning network. Uh, when I was a, a church planner. This network held uh, monthly training sessions in Birmingham for all the church planners that were part of their network. And during our prayer time, one of the church planners said something that, that really registered with me. I haven't forgotten it in all these years. And I took a mental note of what he said. He, he says, we as Christians don't fight and live for victory, but fight and live from victory. Take a moment. Let those words uh, marinate in your head and, and, and in, in your heart. Christians fight and live from victory, not for victory. And as a result, all Christians are overcomers through Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. Amen? But do y'all believe it? And do y'all live it? Open your Bible or Bible app to... 1 John chapter 5, the text today is verses 1 through 5. That's 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. This message today, is, is hopefully, is going to tell us what does it really mean for us to be overcomers as Christians in the already and not yet. What does it mean for us to overcome? So now please pray with and for me as I ask the Holy Spirit to um, bless the preaching of the word. Holy Spirit, you are our counselor. You are the one who leads us into all truth, and you are the one who grants us understanding of Scripture. And so my prayer today is that you will give us the, the enlightenment that we need, the understanding that we need, that, you will that we will come with open hands and open hearts and open minds, and that you will you know, apply this word into the places of our life that really need it places of our life that, that really need to remember who we are as believers, speak hope into the places in our life where, there may be a, where we may feel a little hopelessness, help us to remember that Jesus is Emmanuel still as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are not walking in that valley alone. You are with us. So I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. All Christians on the face of the earth are overcomers because Jesus has already overcome. We just finished singing about that in the song that patience was leading us in. They're overcomers because, because, because Jesus is the for real, for real overcomer. In John 16, verses 32 and 33, Jesus says to his disciples, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen? Take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world and all that is in the world. 
Everything that we face and struggle with, Jesus has overcome. This includes everything that, that John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. He has overcome it all. Christ has. He has overcome fear and distress. He has overcome temptation and rejection. He has overcome injustice and, and betrayal. Christ has overcome even sin and death. The Greek verb, verb translated overcome in John 16.33 is nakao, which means this overcoming is a conquering. It's victory. Jesus overcoming the world means he comes off victorious. It's through his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. That's how he does it. And now Jesus shares this victory with those people who have been born again. Amen. In First, in first Corinthians 15, verses 56 through 57, Paul, Paul writes, the sting, of, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Romans 8, Paul writes, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. The pronoun us here refers to people who have been born again, people who have been born from above. This is the new birth, this, which is a regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit giving new life to a dead heart. And, and when that happens, that, that regeneration power, it allows this person to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in faith. So born-again people are Christians. Born-again people are Christians. And Christians are overcomers because Jesus has already overcome. And if you have seven faith in Christ today, if you are a Christian today, then you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. So what does an overcomer's life look like? In 1 John 5, chapter 1, he says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Belief here is a post-conversion belief. So that means overcomers continue to walk by faith. Do I need to pull a sign out? Overcomers continue to walk by faith. They continue to believe what the Bible says is true about Jesus. Like he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. We continue to believe that stuff. Overcomers continue to believe that God will do what he says he's going to do in his word. For all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen in Jesus. And overcomers continue to hold on to that. Overcomers continue to believe that nothing in all creation will be able to separate them from the love of God that is in Christ. Do we believe that? For they know that Jesus has given them eternal security. We believe in that. We hold on to that. Jesus himself says in John 6, And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should lose nothing, are all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day. Are you an overcomer? 
Are you an overcomer? Overcomers continue to believe that all their sins are fully covered by the blood of the Lamb. And that blood will never lose its power. Do you believe that? Are you overcoming? Are you walking in faith? They continue to believe that all their sins, past, present, and future, have all been nailed to that old rugged cross. Do you believe it? Are you overcoming? Overcomers believe that they are made right with God through Christ. They believe that they are beloved sons and daughters, that they are in union with Christ. Are we overcoming, saints? Overcomers continue to trust in Jesus' finished work. That means we trust in that. That's what we rest on. That is our righteousness. They continue to believe in the grace. Amazing. If you've been a Christian for a long time now, are you still amazed by the grace that saves you? Are you still amazed by how deep the Father's love is for you? They continue to embrace new morning mercies. Lamentations 3. Every day when we get up as overcomers, we may need to recite that verse. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never, never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Overcomers will believe that. They hold on to that. Overcomers grow in dependency upon the Spirit. They practice daily confession and re- repentance. They continue to believe that they have an eternal hope that will not no matter what, what's going on, you have an eternal hope that cannot be taken from you. And overcomers continue to say to Jesus, yes, we believe, but help our unbelief. So are we overcomers? So overcomers continue to walk by faith and not by sight. In his book, In the Search of Common Good, Jake Mador writes, Love also must be faithful, because when we love, we do not simply will the person's good a single time and then stop. We see this in marriage and parenting, of course, but friendship should be faithful as well. In the aftermath of my father's injury, one of the qualities we most appreciated in many of my parents' friends was their fidelity. One woman from his church still mows their yard once a week over three years after my father's death. We could depend upon them, not simply on the day of the injury, but a month later, a year later, and three years later. And likewise, overcomers walk in the same kind of love. Are we overcoming? The Holy Spirit, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you supernaturally. And the Holy Spirit grants and gives every image bearer, every, I mean, every overcomer, the capacity to love beyond words and good intentions. They have the capacity to love God as Father. How do you see God? What role does God serve in your life? Now, I know for some of you, if you had a, a bad relationship with your earthly daddy, the term Father doesn't sound so good. But one of the good news about being in the Christian, being in the faith, is that Jesus can redeem that term and make it something beautiful in your life. Do you love God beyond words? 
in your mouth and good intentions. Listen, y'all, overcomers are reconciled to God, the Father, in Christ. Because before that, you were his enemy. But through faith in Christ, you now have peace with God that you didn't have to work for, that you don't have to earn. You have been adopted into his kingdom. And as a result, we can enjoy an intimate and personal relationship with a holy Trinitarian God. Think about that. The one who is holy, the one who spoke the universe into creation, looks down upon his, his beloveds and say, they belong to me. I like them. I enjoy them. I dance over them with shouts of joy. And now on this side of heaven, we get to do the same thing before him. We can shout for joy and dance in his presence. Are we shouting for joy? Are we enjoying an intimate relationship with our Trinitarian God? Or is it just a burden? Or is it just a burden? If you are a Christian, then please know that you can love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in real time. You can love him in real time. You can have a relationship with him. You don't have to read about other people's relationship with him. You can have your own. The affections of your heart can be placed on him. Your love can be expressed in daily prayer and and devotional readings and scripture meditation, that's how we commune. You can use the spiritual disciplines to commune with your three-in-one God. Do it. Let's strive to make it a priority to faithfully walk in love and loving God. Because overcomers, they pray, they pray the, the first part of the Lord's Prayer with joy. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy are we overcomers? Are you overcoming? Overcomers also have been reconciled to one another in Christ. Say, what happened? Wait, what? Yes, that's true. Overcomers have the capacity to, to love God's children as their siblings. Loving God and loving his people go hand in hand. Please know that. Hand in hand. You are not the only child. In this family, everyone who loves the father loves whoever has been born of him. And in the Greek, whoever means whoever, whoever don't need to go to a commentary. You don't have to go to a conference about it. You don't have to listen to a podcast about it. The word is speaking plainly. Whoever is loves the father will love whoever is born of him. Regardless of their race, nationality, gender, social class, denomination, or age, or even political views, everyone who loves God will love his kids. Are we overcomers? All Christians, if you're a Christian, this applies to you. All Christians are saved as individuals, but individuals don't live individualistic Christian lives. We enjoy living in the community of faith with other Christians. That's overcomers. The communion of saints is a means of grace that we often take for granted. 
We often take it for granted. I had lunch this week with a pastor friend of mine here in town, and he, we, we talk about, you know, some of his folks aren't back from, back from, haven't come back to church even after all these years from COVID. You know, it's just, you know, you see them in the grocery store, and they say, hey, pastor, I know I haven't been in church in a while. I see you on Sunday, but we know they're not coming. And one of the things I told him, I said, as Christians in America, for us, corporate worship and being with God's people is just optional. It's just one more thing that we put on our list of things to do as American Christians. And we take it for granted because we're not a, we're not a surfing or persecuted church. Because we have brothers and sisters around the world who, who, were, who could be killed by doing what we do every Sunday without even fear of death. And so as an overcomer, as an overcomer, and, and walking and loving God's people also means being in community with them. That's what overcomers. Or being in community with God's people, somewhere in some local body of Christ where I can do life with them. Every member in our church is a beloved brother, is your beloved brother and sister in Christ. Do you believe that? And you are a spiritual father and mother to every covenant kid in this church. Overcomers at TVC strive to faithfully walk in loving one another well, one another well. This, this can look like a faithful and consistent presence in each other's lives. You know, love, love can just be expressed by simply showing up. Do you believe that? Just simply showing up can communicate a whole lot to people. Show up to celebrate together. Show up to lament together. Show up to bear one another's burdens together. Show up to, to show up to serve together. We can show up to hold each other accountable. We can show up to keep short accounts. We can show up to speak truth and love to one another. And whose life in this church do you, are you showing up for? It ain't always about the big things. We can love in small, tangible ways. Hey, I'm just praying for you today. I was thinking about you. Just a text message. Hey, let's all want to grab coffee so we can catch up. Let's be present in each other's lives. By this we know that we that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. Overcomers faithfully walk in loving God as Father and loving his kids as their siblings. So are we overcomers then? Are we overcomers? Am I overcoming? What do you feel whenever you see concepts like obeying? keep commandments together in the same passage? Like, what emotions are triggered within your spirit? In verses 2 and 3, John says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. What do these words mean for overcomers? Overcomers continue to walk in obedience. Can I get an amen for somebody? Overcomers continue to walk in obedience. Their obedience glorifies Christ. Their obedience is also an expression of their love for him. It's an expression of their sonship and, and daughtership. It's an expression of the new birth. 
1 Corinthians 15, verses 14 and 15 says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that the one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who might live no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. You see, overcomers live for Christ and his glory and his kingdom. They regularly pray, pray what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know what he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross? Not my will be done, but your will be done. Walking in obedience is wanting the will of God to be done in every area of your life. It's you releasing control, your kung fu grip on certain things in your life. He's saying, just take it, have it. And for some things, you may have to do it every day. You have to do it every day. Overcomers, they, they surrender all to Jesus in joy. Do you, th- do you think, do you believe, is Jesus a safe place for you to surrender? Because we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are not self-existent people. We're all codependent for other things for our existence. So, What do you surrender to? What is your safe place? Where do you go when you want to surrender things? Who or what are you surrendering to? Overcomers, they find joy in surrendering their life to Christ. Now, would it be easy? Now, sometimes you ain't going to want to do it. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why there's grace. That's why there's forgiveness. Because there's things in our life It's like, can I hold on just for a little more, Lord? Just for a little more time, then I give it to you. Overcomers grow in surrendering to Jesus their time, their talents, and their treasures. Do we, don't, do, do, the, the very bodies that we have don't even belong to us. Like we're, we're, we're stewards of even our bodies. They belong to the one who created them. And as image bearers and as overcomers, we want to honor Jesus with our very bodies. And so we can surrender to him and trust him with our dreams, with, with the future of our kids, with, with our happiness, with our relationships, with, with our marriages, with, with our conflicts, with our past, with our future and our brokenness. We can trust him with all of these things because he says, cast all your burdens on me. Why? Because he cares for you. Do you believe Jesus cares for you? I know you can say, well, I know he cared because he died on the cross. Yeah, that's true. But right now, he ain't on the cross anymore, okay? He is not on the cross. He's not in the grave. That's, that's all done. The word says right now, he, he still made intercession for us. Do you believe right now, as, as we're in this moment, that Jesus right now looks down upon you and he cares for you in real time? Do you believe that? Do you hold on to that? That he likes you? It's one thing for someone to say they love you, but when someone say they like you, I like being around you. I like your smile. I like your sense of humor. I like your swag. I like all these things about you. That's Jesus. Even your little quirks he likes. Do you believe that? 
Everything that makes you, you, he likes. Overcomers hold on to that. Overcomers sang what this, the one, a hymn that says, All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Can we freely give to him our gender, our sexuality, all these things? Can we give to him these things? Our past, our fears, our insecurities, what has happened to us, what is currently happening to us, can we give it to him? And yes, this giving, this surrendering, is not, is, this is not like justification, which is a one-time act. This surrendering is part of sanctification. You have to do it every day. It's a daily surrendering. It's a daily surrendering. It's a battle. But it's a battle that we fight from victory because Christ has already won the victory. We're just walking in his footsteps. Overcomers also submit to God's commands and words. And this has nothing to do with legalism. This is all about what is the standard by which you live your life? What is your worldview? As a good friend here would say, what is your worldview? For Christians, it's this. This is how we base every decision that we make. As overcomers, when we try to make decisions, we come here first. And if we don't understand what is in here, we go to family and friends who have more understanding of Scripture than we do, say, help me understand this. They, they, overcomers know that, that God's commands are not a burden. That's what John says. They're not a burden. They're not a burden. Overcomers have a desire for the things of God. We live in a culture, in a world, there's lots of things competing with your desires as Christians. Everything in this culture competing for your, for your desire. Consumerism, materialism, stuff, things, everything's competing for the desires of your heart. And so you have to understand, how do I live and fight from victory? Confession and repentance, y'all. Confession and repentance. Because there are idols in our lives that, that's not made of wood. It's just made of stuff. And the Spirit will lead you to a deeper level of confession, uh, confession when, you, when you ask Him, show me where I'm really placing the affections of my heart. Who and what do I really love? Who and what do I really submit to? And he'll reveal it to you, not just to condemn you, but to lead you to a deeper level of repentance so that we can stop going through these Plato Jesus and these false saviors and be living before the real Savior. Psalm 119 says, For I find delight in your commandments, which I love. Mm, mm, mm. When you read through the Ten Commandments, do you love them or do you hate them? The psalmist says he loves it. Why, why can't he say that? Because he knows that he's in a covenant relationship with God. And when he's reading God's commandments, he's not reading it as a bunch of do's and don'ts. He's reading it as wisdom. My financial counselor, my kid and I have a financial counselor that lives in in um, Greenville, we had a meeting with him this week. He said, 
he sent his dad a, a, a Father's Day card, or it could have been a birthday card, that says, the older he gets, the wiser his father becomes. What's the point of that? The father's always been wise. He was just foolish. So the older you get and you spend time here, the wiser you're going to be like, man, God has always been wise. I was the one that was living in foolishness. I was the one who wouldn't listen. So God's word, his commandment, that's his counsel to you. That's his fatherly counsel to you. That's his fatherly wisdom to you. Just like Christian parents, when they set in boundaries around your life as a teen, that's for your benefit. You don't, you don't realize that yet, but when you grow up and have your own kids, boy, when you will. Oh, that's why they did that. Oh, that's why that, that's why that road, that, that block was there. And the same thing applies in our relationship with God. When, there, when he puts up boundaries around our freedom, it's for our good. It's because he loves you. Because he loves you. Think about every relationship that you're in. Are there boundaries in those relationships? Yes. In marriage, do you have boundaries? You better if you want to stay married. You have boundaries. You can't, a guy, you cannot be in marriage and still live like a bachelor. You won't be married long. You can't still do the same things you used to do when you were single. They are, they are, you, you got this new relationship, and in this new relationship, there are things that we do that can, make, can maintain that relationship. There's an any relationship, any friendship, parent relationship, and kid relationship as well. The same is true in our relationship with God. Same is true. Psalm 40 says, I delight to do your will, oh my God, for your law is in my heart. Your law is in my heart. If you could reverse, if you can reverse engineer the heart of any child of God, then you should be able to see, despite its weaknesses, a new desire to live a life that pleases the Father. That should be in every overcoming. That you have a true desire despite your failures and shortcomings, to live a life that pleases the God who loves you and likes you. That's what we need to see. Are we overcomers? What American company has a swoosh for its logo? Nike. Who owns a pair of Nikes? Or Jordans? Nobody? Nobody here owns any J's or Nikes. Have you ever owned a pair of Nikes? Okay, thank you. Did you know Nike is an is a ancient Greek noun? It's the goddess of victories. The goddess of victories name in Greek mythology is called Nike. Nike is a Greek term that means victory. It's a victorious principle. And this noun form is only found once in the New Testament, and it's right here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Look at verses 4 and 5 with me. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory, or this is the Nike that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Overcomers walk in victory. Can I get amen? They live and fight, struggle and suffer from victory, not for victory. Notice what John says here. The Nike that has overcome the world. He's pointing to a, a definite act that has already happened. 
Overcomers have a faith that has already obtained victory over the world, and their faith is a person. And we know, we already talked about it, this is Jesus, the founder and the perfecter, the cornerstone, the content, the, the, the foundation of everything that we stand upon is with him. He is the solid rock on which we stand. Jesus is our victory. Jesus is Nike, and his swoosh is a cross, and his victory is the resurrection. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It has been defeated. So when you're wearing your Nikes this week, I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking in victory. Because when I put on my Nikes this week, I'm walking in victory today. Oh, you're walking in victory. Since Jesus is our Nike, we can just live it, people. You can do more than just do it. You can live it. So turn to your neighbor and say, just live it. Just live it. Since Jesus is our victory, we can, all, we can overcome in this present life. What does it look like to walk in victory? And, and what does it look like to presently overcome? Because it says we have overcome and also says we are overcoming. So it's a, it's a both and. It looks like what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 12. This is what it looks like walking in victory. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. That's walking in victory. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm, I'm content with weakness, with insults and, and hardships and, and persecutions and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Are we overcoming? Are we walking in victory? Now, I'm not giving you no health and wealth stuff. Because you're going to have struggles. You're going to have suffering. But you don't have to live a defeated life as a Christian. Now, I struggle with that. I'm bent towards the negative. A good friend of mine used to call me Eeyore. That's, that's what he called me. You, you, like, whenever you come around, it's just, woe is me. That's my natural bent. Are we overcoming? Walking in victory looks like 1 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's victory. Overcomers don't lose hope when life is pressing in on us. For they know that even when they feel like they're losing, they're actually winning. Because you got to keep your eyes on eternity. On where you're going. In the midst of the struggle, where are your eyes? Where are you going? What are you holding on to? Who are you holding on to? Overcomers know weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Are we overcoming? Walking in victory looks like Philippians 4, where Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Walking in victory means learning to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's victory. That's victory. Victory, it, it can look like going to marriage counseling, family counseling, 
addiction counseling. It looks like living on a budget. It's like putting a filter on your computer. It's, it's like maybe being an advocate or voice for other people, like the brother who was gunned down in, in Decatur this week. It looks like being a voice, an advocate for people like that. It's like setting boundaries in your relationship. It's even learning to say no. Did you know that? Walking in victory means you need to say no because you're over capacity. You're doing too much. You're operating outside your lane. So some of you just need to learn to say, no, no, I don't have time for this. Maybe next week. It may look like voting differently. It may look like finally going to the doctor, taking your medication, eating differently, working out, taking a break from social media, from Fox News and CNN, fighting and living from victory. Looks like doing life together with people when it's messy. You don't give up. You don't just get mad and leave. You stick in it. Walking from victory also means learning to excel where God has you. It may even making peace with your past. It may be forgiving those who have hurt you. It may mean, may mean learning to live with a sickness that won't go away. Knowing that even though I might not be healed on this side, on the other side I will. Because we never, we don't lose hope. Walking in victory, it looks like singing one of my favorite hymns, which is another sad hymn. I'm drawn to sad hymns for, for some reason. Beams of heaven as I go through the wilderness below. Guide my feet in peaceful ways. Turn my midnights into days. When in darkness I will grope, faith always sees a star of hope. And soon from life's griefs and dangers, I shall be free someday. I shall be free someday. Harder may yet be to fight. Right may often lead to, to might. Weakness, weak, wickedness a while may reign. Satan calls may seem to gain. But there is a God that rules above with a hand of power and a heart of love. And if I'm right. He will fight my battles. That's victory. That's overcoming. Let us pray. Lord, in Christ, right now, we can live a life of overcoming and victory, even when it's hard. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, as we go out into this week, help us to remember that we can continue, that we help us to give us the power and strength to walk in faith. Give us the power and the strength to, to walk in loving God and loving one another. Give us the power and strength to walk in faithful obedience, not perfect obedience, but faithful obedience. And give us the power and strength to know that that we live and walk from victory because Christ has already overcome. And because of that, we can walk through whatever we're going through without losing hope, without being driven to despair. So help our unbelief, help us in the battle, and give us what we need so that we can flourish. And I pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Will you please stand, saints? <coughs> Thank you.
Thursday at 6.30 is our corporate prayer. Our topic this week is sexual abuse, so please come out and pray with us over this topic. Um, Thank you. So if you can, please join us this Thursday for corporate prayer. Those times are wonderful. This discussion afterwards is always edifying, so if you're free, Please come join us. I think we'll be in the fellowship hall. Yeah. So here's God's benediction to his beloved. May the God of hope fill you with all hope and joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit you all may abound in hope. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please greet one another, saints. <laughs>